Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. And I was super high. It, 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 it looked like it was as high as the ceiling. And so you'd look up and you're like, there's no way I can be like the big kids. And so um, I'd, all, I'd go up to the high dive and I would freak out. And then I'd go play with my friends in the shallow end. You know? And like, nobody likes to live in the shallow end, right? You gotta, when you grow up, you gotta explore the space a little bit. But uh, I would climb up the ladder halfway, freak out, and come back down. Well, one day, my coach noticed that I was having a, a fear battle with this high dive. And he goes, hey, Dave, listen to me. He goes, you see me? He goes, you got this. He goes, I want you to step on those stairs, one foot, next foot. And he guided me and he, and he coached me every step of the way. And then I get out on that high dive, you know, in my little Speedo, you know, my little kid, swim team. I don't look the same as I did back then. But anyway, um, so, and and he goes, just look at the water, and he goes, hear my voice. And he goes, one, two, three. And I jumped off. And then proceeded, like every other kid, after you experience that adrenaline rush, you do that for the rest of the summer. And then the next summer, and then the next summer until it gets too tiring. But sometimes we all need a coach in our ear. And that is what we find in the person of Joshua to the nation of Israel. Joshua was the nation of Israel's coach. And all along the way, coming out of the wilderness into the promised land, that Joshua is leading the nation of Israel to occupy this final, final promise that he had mentioned to Abraham years ago has come to fruition through Joshua. And Joshua is their coach time and time and time again because the people are fickle and they need a coach. How many of you know that we all need coaches in our lives? Amen? All need coaches. And so we're going to look at three final scenes. We're going to, we're going to pretty much wrap up the whole half of uh, Joshua today. But I want to look at three pivotal scenes from Joshua, where Joshua is recognizing the battle that the Israelites need to fight, and he encourages them how to win. And what we've been looking at is we've been looking at this this, in this book of Joshua, we've been, we've been uh, looking at our own spiritual journey with Christ through the experience of the nation of Israel. God led the nation of Israel in a very particular way. And it's interesting, God, in a similar way, leads you and me in our life with Christ, and Joshua gives us tremendous insights in how to live a victorious Christian life. So we're going to look at these three final scenes. We're going to pick up in Joshua 17. Joshua 17, verse 14. Whoa. Can you slide me back one? Sorry. Okay. It says, Then the people of Joseph, now this was one of the tribes. Joseph was one of the tribes. It says, Then the people, sorry. Yep. Then the people of Joseph, there we are. Then the people of Joseph spoke to Joshua saying, Why have you 
given me but one lot and one portion as an inheritance, although I am a great people, since all along the Lord has blessed me. And Joshua said to them, you are a great, If you are a great people, go up by yourselves to the forest and clear out ground for yourselves in the land of the Perizzites and Rephaim, since the hill country of Ephraim is too narrow for you. And the people of Joseph said, The hill country is not enough for us, yet all the Canaanites who dwell in the plain have chariots of iron, both those in Bethshean and the villages and those in the valley of Jezreel. Then Joshua said to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and to Manasseh, so not just to the tribe of Joseph, but to these three tribes, says, You are a numerous people and have great power. You shall not have one allotment only, but the hill country shall be yours. For although it is a forest, you shall clear it and possess it to its furthest borders. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have chariots of iron, and though they are strong." So here's this nation of Joseph, and they come to Joshua as he's disseminating the land. And they said, hey, listen, we're a great people. We've got too many people, and the land you've given us is not enough. They wanted more land, because the land that they had been given had a lot of enemies and uncultivated woods and forests. And they said, well, we can't live in the forests. And all the livable kind of areas, there's enemies in the land, and not only are they there, but they're strong. They were full of fear, and they were complaining about it. This tribe complained that they were a great people and that they had not received a portion that was worthy of their greatness. They suggested that they were really too, really too big for such a little bit of land that had been given to them. They wanted more space, more elbow room, more uh, room to grow and develop. Furthermore, like I said, we find in verse 16 that the enemy is deeply entrenched and super strong. The children of Joseph were not satisfied with their lot. It was not enough for their scope of gifts, they thought. They wanted a larger sphere of influence. Yet the fact of the matter was that the sphere in which God had given them, the enemy was still entrenched. They had plenty of space. They had plenty of an inheritance, but they were afraid to fight the enemies in the land. As I was reading through this, this prayer emerged. I said, may the Spirit of God point out to us that perhaps we may not have really fully possessed the lot which is God has given to you and me. Maybe that God would open up our eyes to see the land There there may be enemies, that you are fighting battles in your life, but it's with Christ that when we we see that, wow, I haven't been possessing all that He's been trying to give me an inheritance to. We think if we could only, if only we could get away from home, if, if my scene changed, if only my circumstances were different, if only I could move from this little job into a more significant job, if If you really didn't, Lord, if you didn't give me this woman, no. I haven't said that in many years. No. But no, we think think if if the situation just changed, then the the battle will be gone. But the battle remains. Sometimes we think I'm worth more than this restricting, frustrating opportunity that God has given me. 
Not challenge, but opportunity. So the people of Joseph had strong enemies and they had woods. Now what's up with the woods, okay? The enemies, we can kind of equate that into our life, but what's up with the woods? It means it's, it's, it's referring to something that's undeveloped, uncultivated. A couple years ago, I got the privilege of taking a little sabbatical and uh, hadn't taken a break in 18 years and got six weeks for a sabbatical. And um, uh, the best week of that was I was out in Colorado in a cabin by myself for a whole week. It was awesome. And uh, some people think that's totally weird, but dude, it was great. Anyway, so in my prayer time, I was, I was just asking the Lord. I was just like, God, what are you after? God, I want, I want you while I'm here. I, God, I want you to do the work in my heart that you need to do. God, do the groundwork. Open my eyes. Let me see what I'm not seeing. Let me repent of what I need to repent of. God, let me grow. And in that, in that prayer time, sometimes in my prayer time, I, there's pictures. And the Lord was leading me out from this kind of cabin, and he was leading me, and he led me to these trees, and he began uprooting these trees at, in whole, like not just cutting them down, but he was uprooting these trees, roots and all, and I asked the Lord, God, what is this? And I looked closer on the tree, and each tree had a stronghold's name to it, pride, you know, rebellion, selfishness, arrogance, and he began, and I just walked with him. I didn't have to do anything. I just walked with him, and I saw him uproot these trees in my heart and in my mind. And after spending just a mere half hour, 45 minutes with the Lord in this kind of prayer, I, I walked, I, I got up from that time with him, and I was different. God had done supernatural surgery in my heart. And why? Because he was going after the things in my territory that was keeping me from expanding, that was keeping me, that was constricting me. The sin in my life, the fallenness, the brokenness in my life was restricting me into this small territory. And then I complain and whine to the Lord, God, why did you give me this lot? Wow. Wow. And he looks and he turns our function onto the woods in our life to say, you'd think your life is constricted, but it's not as constricted as you think it is. I am charging you. I have given you authority to take possession of the land. And Joshua encourages them. God has given you authority at the end of this. He reminds them of who they are. He reminds them of their authority. God has given you authority. Do you remember that before we walked in here, God promised that every place your foot treads, you have dominion there. You have the authority by God. You've, we've conquered numerous enemies up to this point. What makes you think these enemies are going to be any different? Be brave. No matter how strong your enemies are, God is stronger. And it reminds me of this final message Jesus gives his disciples in the same way. He says, all authority and in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, therefore, go. And I'm with you always. This same call by Joshua 
to encourage them to not be bound in fear. Coach Joshua sees them in fear. He directs them to the battle. The battle is not more land. The battle is that you got to fight your enemies. So I pray that from that first scene, God would open up our eyes to see. God wants us to cultivate the land in which he's given us. God wants wants you to cultivate the land that God has given you, the land in your family, the land at work, the land in your relationships, the land in your life that God has given you the authority to be salt and light, to be Christ. We're going to move to the next scene. Towards the end, Joshua 23 says, A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, its leaders and heads, its judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years. Hey, we can see that, Joshua. <laughs> you, were 80, you were 80 when we came into this land. Uh, it's, I, think he, I think he says he was 110. Yeah, he was pretty old. I don't think he needed to say that first sentence. But anyway, he needed to remind everybody, I'm now old and well advanced in years. All right, here we go. And you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Amen. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes these nations that remain, along with all the nations that I've already cut off. From the Jordan to the great sea to the west, the Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess the land just as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, therefore, since God has given you this land, therefore, be strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside neither to the right nor to the left, that you may not mix with these nations remaining among you, or make mention of the names of their gods, or swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them. But you shall cling to the Lord your God, just as you've done to this day. These final words, people's final words are always the most important. And he assembles the leaders of the nation of Israel. And he says, do not depart from God's law, either this way or that way, either for this reason or that reason, either this cultural belief or this cultural belief. Don't depart from it. Remain in the Word. All the richness of God's Word. And then he says, don't mix. Now what's up with that? Don't mix. I mean... Is God racist or something? I mean, it's like, what is this kind of mixing? It's like, no, it had everything to do with the gods that they worshipped. To not bow down. The two major sins in these uh, Canaanite communities, two major ones. We have tremendous, this is the, these are the territories that they're going in to conquer. Why did they need to be conquered? Well, one... Their main idol, their, their main idols required corrupt sexual practices as a form of worship. You had temple prostitutes and you had the sexual act as a form of worship to their gods. 
and you had child sacrifice, usually the firstborn. And these nations had these kind of ways of living and ways of worshiping God that allowed for just all kinds of sexual practices and the sacrifice of children. And almost every nation since then produces the same result. Corrupt sexual practices and child sacrifice. And God says you cannot mix with that. You have to stay true to God's word. And we today find ourselves in a very similar battle. And it's one of the main battles against the church and the truth of God. Corrupt sexual practices and child sacrifice. Lord, open up our eyes. Joshua says, do not bow down. Do not bow down. What blinds the heart is the idols we serve. So here again, Joshua declares what the battle really is over, the God that you serve. I think that probably he was saying it to these leaders, knowing full well that maybe even many of these leaders that he was calling out to say serve God only, he knew they probably back at their own house had maybe idols that they had in their battles accumulated or maybe idols from back in Egypt that they've remained and kept all the way in to the promised land. And he gives them this charge, do not mix. It's a message the church needs to hear today because when the church begins to acquiesce to culture, the church begins to lose its backbone and prophetic voice in a culture. Cultivate the land you have. Serve God alone. The last scene. Joshua 24. This is, these are his, Joshua's remaining words. And he says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What strong words from Joshua. A definitive call. A definitive call. He says, hey, serving if the Lord... If, the, if serving the Lord seems evil, if serving the Lord feels like you're going to die, well, you actually are going to die for God's life to come alive in you. But he's giving them this one last lesson from Coach Joshua. In serving the Lord and following Jesus, there has to be a point of decision in our own lives. A point of decision, clear and decisive. Has that moment happened for you? Maybe it has. Maybe it's like, oh, I remember that one time. I remember at that Bible camp. Or I remember this one experience or this one conference or this one time. 
And now that is a significant stake in the ground between you and God. That's a memory marker. That is a place where I know that God interceded and intervened in my life. But God doesn't end there. That's the front entryway. That's just like, welcome to the family. That is like, welcome to the kingdom. But in our progression and our growth, that choice is made every day. God, I'm going to choose you today to serve. I'm not going to serve my own self on my own agenda, my own heart. And God, if that comes out, God, I'm going to be quick to repent. But God, my eyes are turned to you today. I'm serving you. Me and my house, we're serving the Lord. It's this definitive choice. What's interesting is to lead up to this definitive call. Choose ye this day. I mean, it's, how can you get more of a line drawn in right there? Right? It's like how much? That's pretty confrontational, right? Choose ye this day. McDonald's or Burger King? I mean, it's just like, what? How do I choose? No. It's a little different here. Very much clear. Do you want to serve the gods of your fathers and your ancestors? Or do you want to serve the God who's actually delivered you, who's fulfilled on his promises, who's given you an inheritance, who you've seen drive out the, land, the, drive out the enemies before you up to this point? Why are you doubting? Choose ye this day. But what's interesting is that the beginning of this chapter, and if you go back this week, you should read it, because Joshua 24, verse 1, Joshua begins rehearsing the history between the nation of Israel and God. you remember when? God said, I was going to do this, and I did it. I did this, and I did this. And I did this with Abraham. And I did this with Joseph. And I did this leading you. I did this with Moses. And I did this bringing you out of Egypt. And he begins reciting a personal history with God. And then says, choose ye this day. Sometimes I think that we are weak in our convictions or we're weak in our definitiveness because we don't have the backdrop of what God has already done. That step would be so much easy if it was filled with the background music of my history with God that I don't forget, that I realize that at this point, when I was at this age, I didn't even see you at working, but you were at work. And as I go through my life, if you haven't done it, I would encourage you this week, write down your personal history with God. Remind, remind your heart, remind your mind. God, this has been your activity in my life. God, let me never lose sight of what you've done in my life. Choose ye this day whom you serve. Wow, that choice is easy, baby. When I see the faithfulness of God over your life, and it's like, to serve God, I can do no other. But a lot of times we lose focus and lose track of our own history with God, and we say, God, where are you? But if he would say, if you would just turn around and look, I've been along with you the whole time. Cultivate the land God has given you. Serve God alone. And then choose him daily as you continue the unfolding story of your life with God. What an adventure. What many great days we have in front of us. The, the older you get, the more you look. Mm, mm, amen. Preach. 
Not there yet, Jeff. <laughs> but the older you get, it's very easy. It's very easy to become more cynical, more bitter, more jaded. So easy. But if God could wake our spirits up to say, God, today, better, more than last, yesterday, more than last night, God, I pray that you would wake my heart up more today than yesterday. Open my eyes to see what you're doing. And it's in that process where God comes and coaches us. It's in that process that he leads us to look around to find others that have battles. Every one of you in this room is in a battle. And what would it mean if somebody came alongside you to say, I see your battle. Let's win together. That's what community is. And that's what I believe God really has called us as this house to be, as a place where Christ is our standard, but the sense of community and the sense of commitment to one another to say, I see the battle that you're fighting and I'm going to fight with you. Let's win. Let's see God win this battle in your life. Cultivating that land. You know, we think, well, man, how can I take possession? How can I take more possession? Well, obviously there's enemies in the land, but man, there's a lot of promises in the land too. There's a lot of God's promises over your life. You are a redeemed if you're in Christ, you're a redeemed son and daughter of the Most High God. What a promise. If you are weary and burdened, He will give you rest. That's a promise. If He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless, that's a promise. How much of that promise have you taken possession of? How much of, those, how much of God's promises have taken possession of us. He will supply all your needs. That's a promise. Nothing at all creation will be ever to separate you from the precious love of God that is revealed in Jesus. That is God's promise. Psalm 35, it's not up there, says, but every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Wow. He is a shield he surrounds me. What amazing promises we have in God. Paul really spoke to this. Last scripture and then we'll close. Paul really spoke to this. It's almost, it's almost as if he was flowing here with Joshua. He says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as, living, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God, I pray. Let's pray together. God, I pray that you would renew our minds God, that you would renew our minds to see the land that you've given us in our lives is a great land. It is a big, spacious 
place that you have given us to take dominion. God, there may be enemies in the land. God, we may be uh, running in fear, afraid of fighting that fight because we may lose our life. But God, in you, that's maybe the place where you're leading us to is to lose our life. Why do we fear? It's because we're afraid of losing something. But God, in you, we lose nothing. In you, God, you give us everything that we need for life and godliness. God, you give us, all your, we, you give us the grace that we need for every opportunity. So, Father, I pray that you would help us see the land that you've given us is spacious. And, God, through your work in our life, God, through cultivating that land and diligence and obedience, God, the land will be a beautiful land. Father, I pray that, Lord, today, God, we would resolve in our heart that, God, if there's any other gods in our life, if there's any other idols we are bowing down to, God, if we're looking to, to satiate our heart or to comfort us or to hug us or to, God, if there's any other idol in our life, God, we say no in Jesus' name. God, we don't want to live that life. We don't want to live this dualistic life going back and forth in between the promised land and Egypt. God, thank you for the call of Joshua. He said, God, choose today whom you serve. Choose today. So, Father, as far as for us, God, for our, as for our heart, God, we choose you. We say yes to your plans and purposes for our life. We say yes to pressing in to the gospel, pressing into the cross of Christ, because that's where transformation is. Father, I pray that you would help us choose daily. Help us choose daily with passion and zeal for your purposes, to be accomplished through us. Let's have everybody stand real quick. Amen, amen. So, something happens when we confess things out of our mouth. And so, I, I just thought, just to end as a little benediction, the, for all the old school denominational guys, you know what that is. But anyway, um, just as a little confession together, Okay. So, sorry for the spacing issues, but here we go. Let's say this together. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All right, now everybody close your eyes. I want you to kind of declare this from your heart. If you want to hold out your hands, if you want to just do anything with uh, just, you know, raise up your hands, but whatever it is. We're going to say that again. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, I pray that we would mean that from the bottom of my heart one more time. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, I pray that that would be a conviction in us. And that, God, if it isn't, God, I pray that you would grab a hold of us so that it would be, that we would be your people in this generation. God, we would be salt and light to the lost. Lord, we would be bringers of your kingdom and glorifiers of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. 
For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org. And we'll see you next time on the City Life Podcast.